Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. Uh, Good morning. My name is John Homas. I'm the lead pastor here at New City Fellowship. We planted this church about four and a half years ago in the Hollywood, Hallandale area, really to gather people from different tongues and tribes and nations to come together for a purpose bigger than any one of us, bigger than any one of our groups, uh, but to show that the gospel brings together people who normally would not sit in the same room together. And that is our vision. That's why we say we're God's blended family, but we don't believe that we just plant a service. We, we plant a church, and a church goes out and represents God's kingdom. And so as we go out into our workplaces and our streets, we want to represent his love. We want to show his forgiveness. We want to be representatives of of his justice. And that's really what New City is about. Uh, when When we gathered on Friday night, we looked at the God behind the gospel part one, and that was called the shape of the cross. And if you remember, we talked about six different attributes of God. We talked about his holiness and his righteousness and his justice and how those go together only through his loving Loving, compassionate, merciful nature, they only come together in the cross. Otherwise, he's one or the other. But in the cross, we see the God behind the gospel, that he's all of those things at once perfectly. Well, today, we're just going to look at one word, really, one word, a hope, that the God behind the gospel is a God of hope, particularly hope that comes from the resurrection. And so if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll read verses 1 through 8. the Corinthian church, and he says, Now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preach to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold to the message I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then he appeared to the apostles. Last of all, as to one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. The word of God. A little Baptist church in Chittagong, Bangladesh, was packed. This little church in Bangladesh was packed because it was Good Friday, and they were there to gather and watch one of the Jesus films, one of the films that talks about the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. And the lights were turned dim, and every pew was full, people were packed in the back, There was no room for the children, so the children sat in the aisles and up front. And as the movie played, everyone in that church in Bangladesh was captivated as they watched Jesus live and teach. And then it got to the moment of his arrest and trial. 
And they began to sink in their spirits as they watched Jesus literally get tortured on screen in front of them. They began to lose hope. So the moment when their hope hit the bottom, when he was raised up onto that cross and he he was tortured even more and he died, was brought down from the cross and put in the tomb. And at that moment that he was put into the tomb, everyone lost hope. Except one little boy, one little boy in the middle of that dark church, as the movie was playing, one little boy cried out to everyone else and he said, do not be afraid. I have seen this before. He gets back up. He gets back up. You know, we live in a, in a, in a time where we are afraid to get our hopes up. Uh, we are afraid to get our hopes up because of everything that's happened in the past year and life was needed easy before that. We are afraid to get our hopes up. But because Jesus got up, we can get our hopes up. The God behind the gospel is a God of resurrection hope. And because Jesus got up, we can get our hopes up. Today, as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, I just want to talk about three different ways we can look at hope. The God behind the resurrection wants to give us a certain hope, a a hope that's certain. He also wants to give us personal hope, hope really for who we are. And then lastly, a future hope. Certain hope, a personal hope, and a future hope. So first, a certain hope in the resurrection. You know, if we're honest, one of the things that most people find most troubling about the resurrection and that we find most troubling about the resurrection is that it's impossible. It's impossible for dead people to come back to life. It's impossible for someone to literally stop breathing and flatline and then days later arise from the dead and defeat death. And if you're honest, that is somewhat troubling. Yet at the same time, Paul tells us here that though it is troubling, though it is supernatural, though it is in one sense unbelievable, it was observable that dozens and dozens and even hundreds and hundreds of people saw it and they didn't believe it could happen until they they saw it. They saw him die on the cross. They saw him lowered down to the ground. They saw him put in the tomb, but then on the third day, they saw him raised back to life. In verse 4 through 7, Paul emphasizes this. You can put up verse 4. He said that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he what? He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. All these different groups, though it's unbelievable, it was observable. Jesus, risen from the dead, appeared to hundreds and hundreds of people. Now, some people believe that there's no way this can be certain because it is cooked up. Some people believe that this is just simply a conspiracy theory, that people cooked up in order to fool other people. But let me tell you something, it is almost impossible to get hundreds and hundreds of people to buy into a lie and keep that lie for decades and decades and decades. 
If my kids aren't telling the truth, I can figure out, I can figure out what really happened in about five minutes. And that's just three of them. But imagine hundreds and hundreds of people sticking to the same story, a story that they would have had to come up with in just three days, and sticking to that story over decades and decades and decades. Well, some people say, well, maybe the apostles tricked them. Maybe the apostles tried to get them to believe that they had seen Jesus because the apostles were on a power trip, and they wanted to gain power and influence. But the apostles didn't gain power and influence. They went to their death because they held on to the testimony that they had seen Jesus risen from the dead. And if you're about to die for a lie, isn't that a great time to say, hey, guess what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I made the whole thing up. Some people say that everyone hallucinated. Maybe there was some sort of hallucination that they happened, that happened to them, and so they thought they saw Jesus, but they really didn't. But it's kind of hard to have a hallucination happen in places that are so far apart by people that are from such different backgrounds and such different groups. And that still doesn't explain what happened to Paul. In verse 8, Paul ends by saying, Last of all, as one to born at the wrong time, he appeared to me. Paul hated Christians. Paul thought that Jesus was the biggest hoax of all time until Jesus met him on that Damascus road and said, Paul, Paul, said his name, or Saul, Saul, before he became Paul. And then Paul didn't have a choice. <laughs> didn't matter what Paul believed. There was Jesus on the road in front of him, resurrected from the dead. See, we can have certain hope in the resurrection because the resurrection is not cooked up. It's something that's historical, verified by hundreds of eyewitnesses that wrote it down. And the reason why Paul tells the Corinthians that there's 500 people that saw Jesus at the same time and that some of them are still alive, because he's calling them to, sit, to go and fact check if they want to. If you want to go talk to these people and ask them what they saw, you can. So the apostles didn't make this up to gain power. Rather, the apostles wrote down about the power of the resurrection in the Bible. Frank Turek, who's an apologist, says it, it, it's not that the authors of the New Testament made up the resurrection. Rather, it's that the resurrection made up the authors of the New Testament. In other words, they were writing down an event that they had seen, not creating something out of nowhere because the resurrection happened. And if it happened, our hope can be certain. Though it was sensational, though it was unbelievable, it happened. And when those eyewitnesses saw it, it became personal. Not, not just a maxim to believe, but a person that they saw, that they had seen dead, and now they see alive. A, a person that they could touch the holes in his hands where the nails went in, and they could touch the wound in his side where he was speared on that cross, a person that they could talk to and talk back. They weren't imagining. So all of a sudden, this certain hope is now a personal hope, a personal hope. And what does that tell us about God? If Jesus was raised from the dead by God's power, then God isn't something that we get to imagine or make up, nor is he someone that we imagine or make up. He, he's knowable. He's personal. Now, in our culture, we hear the word personal, and we think personalized. 
uh, we could say, what's God like? And everyone would have a different description of what they think God is like. But the problem with that is everyone's view of God tends to look a lot like they are. They, when each of us were to describe God, he would be a God who loves the same things I love. He'd get annoyed with the same people that I got annoyed with. He'd hate the same things I like or I hate. So it doesn't necessarily help us to ask what do we think God is, nor does it help us to look at the Bible and read this and go, I like some stuff, but I don't like other stuff. This stuff fits me, but some other stuff in here doesn't. I don't really like it. I'm offended by it. The resurrection makes God, it makes the power of God in Jesus Christ personal in a way that isn't personalized, but it's still knowable. Tim Keller says it this way, don't begin as modern people do by asking yourself if Christianity fits who you are. If the resurrection happened, then there is a God who created you for himself, and ultimately, yes, Christianity fits you whether you can see it now or not. We hope you're inspired by God's word. What have you learned so far? As you listen, pray about applying it to your life. Let's continue in God's word. I mean, this is exactly what the Apostle Paul experienced, what he talks about in verse 8. Then he appeared to me. Jesus, that didn't make sense to him. Jesus resurrected from the dead. It didn't fit with his belief of who God was. In fact, he was highly offended by Christians who believed that. He was highly offended that people said all of God's story, all of the books of the Old Testament are pointing to this man who rose from the dead. Paul was offended by that until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and Jesus said, Paul, you're offending me. And when Paul saw Jesus risen from the dead, everything became personal. All of a sudden, his identity completely changed. What was important in his life was different. What he viewed as right and wrong was transformed. And he himself was changed in the moment. See, he liked to bring hardship into the lives of Christians. But later he would write that he could find joy in hardship as a Christian. His goal was to crush the story of Jesus resurrected from the dead, but he would write in Philippians that his goal had become to know the power of Christ's resurrection. See, once the resurrected Jesus became personal to him, it changed everything about him. It changed his view of God so that his life had like a life quake. Everything got flipped upside down and all of a sudden the hope became personal. What about you? Is the certainty of Jesus' resurrection, has it become something that's your own? If it hasn't changed anything in your life, it hasn't become personal. Maybe, maybe you look at God and you think, there's a God that I will personalize, but that's not how God works. The point of the spear is God's power through Jesus' resurrection. And if Jesus rose from the dead, then it doesn't necessarily matter if you think Christianity fits you or not. That hope becomes personal and changes everything. 
but it does give us a great hope, a future hope. We have future hope in the now because of the resurrection. In other words, because Jesus got up from the dead, God wants us to lift our heads. Because Jesus got up, God wants to lift us up. He wants us to have hope. He wants us to have great hope. We live in a new era of human history since Jesus got up from the dead. Authors have said that in this era, death has now been declawed and defanged. In other words, death still bites, but it's not permanent. Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, where death is your victory, where death is your sting, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, if your hope is in Jesus, then you have a future hope that there's something beyond when they lay you in the tomb. You will die, but you will rise again by the power of Christ. And that gives you hope right now in your frail bodies, in your emotional depression. That gives you hope right now in the midst of the brokenness that you live through. There's, there's hope for the future because one day the risen Christ will return. He will come back and he will make all things new. Heaven will rejoin earth and you and I will spend eternity before the throne of God and the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And he will wipe every tear from our eye. And there will be no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain and no more death. No more death. But that hope it isn't just something that's way out there. It's meant to infiltrate us now. One author said it's hope from the future for the present. When Jesus got up from the dead, he secured your eternity, but he also changed the way we live now. We have resurrection life in us now because by his Holy Spirit, Jesus lives in us now. That we can be a people of hope who know that history is going somewhere. And yet there's resurrection power in us to change us, to make us people of faith, hope, and love when the world is full of bad news after bad news after bad news. COVID numbers go up. The stock market goes down. Shootings go down. Violence against Asian Americans goes up. But Jesus went down, and he got back up. And therefore, we can get our hopes up. God's kingdom breaks into the now. We have resurrection power in the now. Little old you and little old me have the power of the resurrection working in us, not because we are smart, not because we are strong, but because Jesus defeated death. In a moment, I want to give you a chance to respond. I want to give you a chance to respond. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I've been exploring Christianity. I'm on a spiritual path and, and I... I want to move towards Jesus. I see the hope, but I don't really know what's next. Maybe this morning you would make a decision to say, I want to move towards the hope. I want to move towards the hope in Jesus. I don't even really know what all that means, but I want to move towards Jesus rather than moving away from him. Maybe you're someone here this morning who says, you know what? Over the last year and a half, my heart has grown cold. 
I love following Jesus, but cynicism is more prevalent in myself than hope. And maybe you want to admit that to the Lord. Maybe you just want to say, I want to I be a person of hope in the midst of darkness. We want to give you an opportunity as the worship team comes back forward. If you want to come forward and you want to be prayed for, I would love to pray for you as you move forwards, as you move towards hope. God is a God of hope, hope in the resurrection. And he wants to get your hopes up because of what Jesus did. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.